Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Signing day for the 2023 class has concluded. David Eichel, Sean Bach here, HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Sean, yesterday is one of our favorite days of the year, but probably one of the most draining. I think we had 29 pieces of content up yesterday. More coming today. But Iowa penned, I believe, 23 new players to their football team, including Michigan transfers, Cade McNamara and Eric All. But we've already hit on those guys, but it's worth noting that they were announced with the rest of the class. So we'll be focusing on the 2023 class in this podcast. But, Sean, you've been all over this. I mean, you've you've it's kind of crazy probably for you thinking back to when this class really first started getting recruited, and you've been all, all over it since the beginning. But – yeah, I mean, I guess let's just start from the top, your general overview of, of the class, and then we'll get into a little bit more specifics, maybe go through some players, answer some superlatives. But give me your general overview of, of the class. Yeah, obviously, I mean, we don't want to dive in too much to what could have been with this class, obviously losing out on Caden Proctor, and that was obviously a, a big blow to this class. But I think you look at this group and you compare it to last year, I think when you look at last year's class, you see pieces or see guys that you could potentially come in and make an impact early. Obviously, that was the case with Xavier Wampa, Aaron Graves, Caleb Johnson. You know, the staff was really high on TJ Hall early enrolling. Um, Cohen Enginger was another guy, Jacob Bostic as well. Um, Addison Estrango was a guy that I really liked in that class too that seemed like a perfect fit and you know, with someone I was really high on. And those were a lot of guys that came to mind. With this class, I don't see as much early impact guys. Now I do see potentially a couple, but there's really none that I'm like, okay, like this guy is going to compete next year. This guy's going to – I mean, I think Ontario Thompson is going yeah. to potentially play a role next year for Iowa on the rotation of the defensive tackles, depending on what Noah Shannon does. And so that that's one. And – um, but just as a whole, like, I feel like this class is a very safe class. I like the class. Definitely. I think there's a lot of high floor guys that can potentially come in and, you know, carve out a role and can be multi-year starters, but I don't see a ton of guys that are going to potentially come in and make, make a super early impact outside of Thompson and maybe Terrell Washington, who is uh early enrolling in January. Um, but, I mean, overall, it's a really good class. I, I have to give the Iowa staff a lot of credit. I think the offensive line, even without Proctor, I think that's that's a really solid group. Trevor Lauk and Leighton Jones are two guys that I think will be multi-year starters. 
the wide receiver group, I know that Iowa had a really hard time recruiting wide receivers in this cycle, missing out on, I think, like five or six of their top X receiver targets. But they landed on a really good one in Dayton Howard, who I think has a lot of upside. Alex Moda, I've seen in person plenty of times. He's a really good player. Jerry at Bowie's got a lot of speed. I love this secondary group, too. I think for the second straight year, this secondary class is really solid up and down the board. While there's really not, you know, John Nestor probably had, or Khalil Tate, I would say, had the best offer list. Nestor was a close second. Those are two guys that I think are really going to thrive in Phil Parker's system when it comes to taking taking away the football and making plays on the ball and having a nose for the football. So up and down, I mean, there's really nothing that I could say is a big weak point. I mean, obviously, you'd, you'd like to hit on some of your main wide receiver targets. You would like to keep some guys on the offensive line. Um, losing Kendrick Rayfield, I think, was a blow, but I think Iowa has two pretty good running backs there and Kamari Moulton and Terrell Washington. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think with this class, there's just not a lot of holes. But – I don't think a lot of these guys are going to make come in and make super early impacts. You know, there's a couple that maybe yeah. can do it, but I think it's just a really solid class up and down the lineup. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way of looking at it, Sean. I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to I don't know how many immediate impact guys there are, but there's guys you can see making good contributions in, in year two, year three. I mean, you look at next year, I know a lot of people are very high on Terrell Washington. I think he he's a little bit underrated by us. I'm surprised he didn't have more offers by the way he runs and sort of his versatility and his prowess in the receiving game at a very high level in Texas. And people are very optimistic that he could come in and make an impact. But Caleb Johnson's obviously your one. You still got LaShawn Williams, and people should not be sleeping on Jazz Patterson. I mean, Patterson's earned a lot of respect from his teammates and the Iowa coaching staff as well. So if Washington comes in, he's already automatically fourth or fifth on that depth chart, but he'll be a guy to watch Ontario Thompson. I I'm very, very high on, I watched his film as I was prepping stuff for signing day the night before. And I was pretty, pretty impressed. I don't want to say he's Davion Nixon like, because I think that's a little bit too, un, you know, just crazy to compare, but he brings a lot of good things to the table. Very explosive off the, off the line of scrimmage has a very good quick twitch. And I asked, you know, Iowa director of football recruiting Tyler Barnes yesterday about Dayton Howard, People need to remember Howard only had one offer, and that was from Iowa. And Barnes basically said, I was completely shocked he didn't stack up more offers. He said, I don't know what Kansas and Kansas State were doing, his home state, but I hope he goes and proves them wrong. And Howard's a guy about six foot four, very fast, long arms, about 190, 195. You can put 10 to 15 more pounds on his frame. Very, very high ceiling. And when you look at this wide receiver room, Sean, it's it should be wide open competition. They should be encouraging everybody and anybody, no matter when they enroll, if they want to go take snaps, this is the best opportunity for them to take snaps. I like Iowa's offensive line class. I think I you think you've written this a few times, but Trevor Lauk would have been a lot more talked about had it not been for the five star that was committed to Iowa. But Lauk's going to be a guy that I think could compete next year. I don't think he's a year one Ray guy. Maybe if he was an early enrollee and went through spring practice, I'd give him a little bit. A little bit more of a nod, but Cannon Leonard's a guy that a lot of the Big Ten ended up, ended up pursuing. And a lot of these guys, you know, I know Iowa fans can get on some of their commits sometimes, but not having higher end offers. And, you know, maybe they're not as optimistic because of that. 
people need to realize, and I know you know it, Sean, they don't stop getting recruited just because they commit. There were a lot more schools that came in, a lot of these guys, but they just said thanks, but no thanks. So I think that's worth noting as well. So I, I certainly think that there's some intriguing players in this. I know we'll dissect it a little bit more. Uh, but let's start right here, Sean, before we get into some of the superlatives. I think we need to talk about, obviously, the quarterback of the class, Marco Linez. Uh Committed very early, had a lot of other interest even after he committed to Iowa. And this the reason why I'm bringing it up now is not because he's going to obviously not be anticipated to compete for the starting role this year because it's Cade McNamara's or bust at this point, right? Let's just be realistic about it. But that quarterback competition, assuming McNamara stays two years, that that could be a lot of fun depending on if Labis may stay and then you have Marco and then assuming they can Iowa hangs on to James Rosar, who I'm very, very high on. It, it's not out of the question that Marco could be Iowa's next starting quarterback following Cade McNamara. I, I think he's just a very efficient player. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I mean, there's reason I'm, I'm interested to see how he adjusts the level of competition. I know it's always yeah. a big jump from high school to the big 10, but the Hunt School didn't have the best level of competition, but Linez was pretty efficient during those games. And, you know, he's got a great body. He's got a great, you know, frame that he can, you know, work with. And he's a really unique quarterback to what Iowa has. I mean, Kay McMurray, yes, he can move a little bit, but I think Marco is one of those guys that you could potentially see move more north-south and east-west around the pocket and, you know, can tuck it and run a little bit more than maybe McNamara could. So, yeah, I mean – I. I'm I'm not gonna speculate on anyone transferring because yeah, you know exactly. you never really you never really know when you know that's gonna happen. But with the theme in college football nowadays, like the quarterback room is probably the one that is the most fluid year to year. So who knows what's gonna it's gonna look like in two years. I mean, Iowa confirmed yesterday that McNamara has two years of eligibility left. And I'm really intrigued to see how Joey Lavis performs in the bowl game. I know this is this is McNamara's starting job to lose, but I'm really fascinated to see how Labis does. And, you know, if he has a really big game, like does he shop other places or what, what does he do? And that really, you know, could open things up for May and for Linez. But yeah, it's, it's with Marco, his arm obviously stands out. He's a really precision passer. He can make balls. He can throw balls downfield. Um, you know, he sees the field really well. It's just that level of competition, I think, is going to be the biggest step up. And, you know, can he adjust to that? He's got – I mean, Kirk mentioned it yesterday. He's got a lot of leadership qualities that you want, you know, that you can have that. And you, 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 he's a guy that really commands the room. Whenever you talk to him, like, he commands the conversation. Like, he's the guy that, you know, you just enjoy talking to. Probably one of the more mature guys that I've ever covered during my – during, you know, my time as covering recruiting. So – that's that he's definitely got that going for him. And obviously, you know, he's a really liked kid and that's something that's really, really positive and something you need in a quarterback. But I think it's really notable too, that Iowa made line as the priority from the get go. I know there yeah. was a lot of people that talked about JJ Cole, the Ankeny four-star quarterback who is headed to Iowa state who actually got offers from Michigan and Auburn in the past couple of weeks. There's a lot of talk of, you know, how or how Cole would be the perfect fit or Cole seemed to, you know, be more ideal to what Iowa wants in the quarterback or what Iowa's had in the quarterback. But Cole's camp really realized that Linez was kind of the priority for Iowa right from the jump. And I think that goes to show 
what kind of confidence and what they kind of see in Linez as opposed to Cole, who can really sling it and may have a higher upside from as a passer. But I think Linez has kind of those qualities and those traits that, you know, you want in a guy that can get north-south with the football and, you know, really move around in the pocket a little bit better than Cole could. But I think that's definitely a notable part of how much Iowa wanted Linez and, you know, how much of a priority he was to this staff right from the jump. No doubt. And the other thing is about Linus, he's fearless, at least from watching him on film. I mean, he's not afraid to tuck it and run. And I'm not saying he's going to be a barn burner by any means, Sean, but that's a guy that is not afraid to escape the pocket, get those extra yards with his feet. Uh, but Sean, let, let's go into some superlatives. I know you wrote this for our VIP members yesterday, but I also think it's good for us to go kind of back and forth on this. So I want to start right from the top. I, I think you can make this argument for a couple of people. Uh, but who's the, I guess we'll call it the crown jewel of this recruiting class. Cause again, I think you can go a couple different ways with this. Yeah. I think from a most talented, I think it's Ben Keeter, the Iowa city four-star linebacker. But I think from an offensive line, from an offensive perspective, I think you got to go with Trevor Lauk, not just because their rankings are the highest, but I think they're probably two of the more physically gifted guys in this class. And I mean, Ben Keeter would have had, you know, 25 plus offers, 30 plus offers. He would have had Notre Dame calling, I bet you. Yeah. If he had been not rest, if he had not been a wrestler and if he had not committed so early, there were about 10 or 12 schools who contacted uh, Iowa city high head coach, Mitch Moore, right after Keeter got that Iowa offer and, you know, continue to get more offers. And, he would have been a lot more highly taught. I mean, he only had four offers, but it would not surprise me if more were coming his way. So, I mean, he's got he's got a lot of qualities, that wrestling background, his physicality, and, you know, how athletic he is and the frame that he has. I mean, he's got that wrestler frame at six foot three, 220 pounds. Like, he's pretty thin still. And if he could pack on more weight, but also keep that twitch and keep that athleticism – then I think he's going to be a really, really good player for Iowa. It's just how soon does he hit the field? That's one of the things I'm really encouraged to see. And with Lauk, I mean, like you said, Dave, and like I've said, had he had Proctor not been in this class, like Iowa fans would be drooling over Trevor Lauk. He had um, he was waiting on that Notre Dame offer. I know his sister attends Notre Dame, and that was a big one for him being an Indiana kid. But he had Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Purdue texting him up until signing day. And he was kind of like, thanks, but no thanks. So in Wisconsin, I mean, with Luke Fickle, I know they got a new staff now, but Wisconsin just in its own right, like that's a really good offensive line university. Yep. And to have that staff, no matter who's there texting you, says a lot about what what uh, what uh he what he can do on the football field. So I would go with Keeter and Lauk. I think those are two guys that, you know, might have – are probably my two most, like, these guys can be pros one day. Um, you know, obviously it depends on what Keeter does with wrestling, but Lauk has all the traits that you want in an offensive lineman that can make, you know, an impact potentially in a second year. I'm going to go a different direction, but I want to preface it by saying this. If Ben Keeter was full-time football, he'd probably be the crown jewel because, look, I, it's so difficult to play two sports, especially when your weight has to fluctuate that much. And I'm not saying I'm speculating this or I'm hearing anything about this because that's not true. But I'm very curious if he plays football throughout his entire college career. 
because this is a guy, Sean, that has been told, and I've heard that he could be the best pound for pound wrestler in college wrestling one day. Like that's, that's how high his ceiling is. I'm going to go with Leighton Jones. I really like Trevor Lauk. I really like Leighton Jones on film. I think Leighton's pass pro still needs some work, but that's a dude that plays with a mean streak. He's an accomplished wrestler, explosive, quick twitch, incredibly athletic. I, you know, we'll see what happens, but I know he's going to be on the inside somewhere for Iowa, whether it be center or guard, but especially after watching Iowa's center and interior play the last couple of years, obviously excluding Tyler Linderbaum. I want to make sure that's clear. Iowa needs guys that can stabilize the interior and really establish that power run game. It's just, it's completely disappeared, I think, over the past couple of years. So I like Leighton Jones a lot. I, again, I think you can make the argument for Lauk and Keeter. Obviously, you can make a huge argument for, and I would listen to it. But I just want to know if he if he can play both sports at a high level for that long. It's just, it's an impossible task. But the dude's mentality is different. Sean, I I commented on this yesterday, but during his questionnaire, they had talked about who's your favorite athlete, and he said me. And I'm just like, okay, this guy's going to be that that dude, isn't he? So it was, it was very interesting to me. Yeah, um, with the uh, with the with the Leighton Jones thing too, he's got a wrestling background as well as you mentioned. There have been some comparisons to Austin Blythe in a wrestling singlet, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, considering the career that Blythe had at Iowa, along with the wrestling career that he had at Iowa or in at Williamsburg, so there are uh, there are some definitely some similarities there. Not saying he's going to be in Austin Blythe, but yeah, that's why I kind of considered Layton to be my perfect fit in this Iowa class too, because he just has that he has that mold of what you want in a really successful interior lineman. Uh, Sean, this is always an interesting question to me, but most likely to prove the star rating wrong. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I picked Aiden Hall, the Harlan three-star athlete. I think Iowa sees him at linebacker to start. There were some conversations with the Iowa staff and with Hall's camp about whether he could play offense or defense. And, you know, maybe there's a chance he still plays offense, but I think the staff kind of sees him at linebacker right now which I think is a really good fit for him because he has a lot of experience with coverage and playing the gaps on uh, defense and playing that safety position. And he can really get up. He looks, I saw him in person a couple of times up close um, and he's really impressive, really put together well and really lean, but also really just, you know, he's got some good muscle on him at six foot one, 200 pounds. And he's got a really good, um, Lifting background at Harlan, they do a really good job of that stuff. And a couple members of his family are really into that lifting uh, and getting that, you know, mass on. And he could be a really good, really good piece to Iowa. I mean, he ran, I mean it, it tells you what you need to know about his speed, too, is he was running sub-11 100-meter dashes last year in track. And one of the reasons that he's not early enrolling is because he wants, he has a chance to win, you know, a couple state championships in track this year which is really impressive and combine that size with his power too. in person. I saw him, you know, just run over guys when, you know, he's not really even putting his shoulder down. It says a lot about someone's power and someone's strength when they're running instead of, you know, these guys like going down or being, you know, impacted by running the football. 
are impacted by the defenders, guys are bouncing yeah. off of him. And that's one thing that he really did well. And his ability, he had this run in the state championship game where he was able to get to the outside really easily against a really good Mount Vernon defense. And he just made it look easy. And anytime you have a guy that can get out to the edge like that, it trans on offense, it translates to defense. And I think there's going to be potential for him to play, you know, that inside linebacker spot, you know, maybe even some middle, but I think he makes most sense on the inside. And potentially, you know, he has this, I mean, he may not have the height, but he has the speed to play outside and more of a coverage kind of guy. I mean, yeah. I think they like Khalil Tate at the cash, but Hall can really, you know, thrive at the linebacker position. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he could do. So I wish we had him a little higher, but I mean, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Obviously, you have to play against top competition consistently to get higher up, and that's just the way that rankings work. And it's a good formula. It is. I'm not criticizing it at all. Uh, and I love Khalil Tate at, at, at the cash, by the way. I'm very, very interested to see what he can bring to the table there. I'm going to go a little bit a little bit out there. I kind of hinted at earlier. Sean, I love Terrell Washington. Junior, I, I really do. I, I think he's a very, very skilled back. I think his top end speed is what's costing him in our in the star rank rings right now. And I understand why. But he's f- about five, nine and a half, 200 pounds, and he looks 200 pounds. And that's something that Tyler Barnes said yesterday. He said, We really didn't know what he would look like without, uh, you know, in person until he got down there. And he was only down there for his official visit for like, 24 hours not even 24 hours because the dead period had started but Terrell Washington 600 plus receiving yards 600 plus rushing yards touchdown machine 6a high school Texas football he's about a mid three star I think I believe in 86 or something I think he's an 89 caliber guy again I think if his top end speed was higher I think he'd be higher up there but if a guy is going to Iowa Sean and the staff compares you to a Sean Green they clearly really 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 like you so I'm very high on him. I'm also very interested, and this isn't so much so uh, proving the star rating wrong because it's it was impossible to get a lot of film on him. I, I mentioned him earlier, Dayton Howard. I, I really, really think Dayton Howard's ceiling is very high. I know he has a lot to learn from a receiver perspective, but this is a guy that I think is a prototypical X receiver that Iowa has really looked for, has that speed has that size, needs to learn how to be a little bit more physical, line of scrimmage, needs to release a little bit quicker. But this is a guy where if you throw the ball downfield, he can go up there and get it. So I really like that Aiden Hall pick, though, because I do think he should have been at least a high three-star. But again, there's going to be hits and misses everywhere, and he still obviously has to – he'll have to prove his worth. But Aiden Hall, I really do like him as a prospect, too. And again, I know you've seen him up close plenty of times. But – uh Let's go. Let's go. Diamond in the rough, Sean. Who who's a guy that maybe people aren't aren't talking about enough that you know you really think could end up being a huge steal for the Iowa staff? Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present... 
a mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. I think this one's kind of an easy one, but Tegan Davis, the, one of the newer Iowa commits in this class the, out of Princeton, Illinois. I mean, I know this is kind of a comparison that everyone's going to throw around with a small, with a small town kid, which is Cooper DeGene. But Davis has that versatility and has that quickness and he kind of just has that, that extra gear that maybe was on display a little bit with, you know, the lesser competition, but he led his teams into the playoffs. And, you know, when, when some of those guys like Matt Bowen, former Iowa defensive back who coaches at uh, Immaculate Conception in uh, the Chicagoland area, when you're getting hit, I mean, with Matt, you know, having that background of having those NFL guys and, you know, evaluating NFL guys, um, when you get his blessing or his, like, word and he relays it to the Iowa staff being like, you have to get in on this kid, that kind of tells you all you need to know about a prospect. And same with Sean Considine, too. He was another guy that gave, you know, was like Iowa, like you guys need to take this kid. And I think that kind of tells you all you need to know about Tegan Davis. He has the basketball background too. He's averaging 16 points per game on the hardwood this year. Really good fluid athlete. Was class 2A high jump state champ last year in Illinois. Um, I can't remember exactly how high he jumped, but he told me it was pretty impressive. Just a lot of athletic traits that I think will translate really well to the next level. Obviously the speed aspect is going to be a step up and the physicality is going to be a step up, but we've seen with Iowa in the past, what they could do with these types of guys that, you know, not don't necessarily play the best competition in high school, but check the boxes in terms of physicality, you know, athleticism, speed, um, you know, it's not always height and weight, but, just, you know, playmaking and, you know, ability to, you know, get out in the open field and make plays and, you know, make runs in small windows, you know, kind of just do what you need to do with the football in your, your hand. And and Tegan has a lot of those traits. I think he kind of projects to cornerback right now, but I'm not, you know, he could play safety up. I think the staff's leaning a little more cornerback. But this is a guy that Tyler Barnes said it too, like, they didn't follow him on Twitter or anything because they were like, yeah, what if we see it? What if Brett, what if Brett Belima sees that, you know, we follow this kid. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that kind of goes to show like, had this kid been more talked about then you know, it would have been, it would have been, you know, he would have been much more highly recruited. But I think, I think that were the, those words from Constantine and Bowen are two things that really, really impressed me. Yeah, I think Tyler said too during that same answer, Sean, where he was just like Bowen basically yelled at us and forced us to take a look at this kid. Um, But, you know, Tyler also mentioned Riley Moss and Cooper DeGene. He said, I'm not trying to say he's them because those are impossible shoes to fill, but it's clear how how excited that they were about him. You know, for for me, I was going back and forth with a couple of this because one's kind of a – I'll say an easy answer, but like Ontario Thompson, Sean, like I just, I know he's only got three years of eligibility, but 
instant impact guy. I I was just so impressed with him on film, what he did for Iowa Western. And and Tyler just said, too, yesterday, he's a part of the COVID year, which is a big reason why he probably didn't blow up more. But he wanted the Iowa offer, and he took the Iowa offer like three days after Iowa offered it. But another guy I'm going to go with, and I know you're a huge fan of, so maybe you won't consider this a diamond in the rough, but I think John Nestor is a really, really good player. I mean, that's a guy that I think probably should have gotten a few more offers. Had a nice offer list, I thought. But his play over the year, comparing his junior to senior film, you can just see the strides he continued to make, in my opinion. I think that he's not an instant impact guy, but he's very fast. You wouldn't wouldn't really expect that. And I was really impressed with his level of physicality, despite maybe, I don't want to say being undersized, but being a little bit smaller than I think that Iowa you know, the Iowa coaches would like to see, but very physical can make things happen when the ball is in his hands, has some of those intangibles and his football IQ strikes me. as just completely off the charts, which is why Phil Parker is probably drooling over him and is, is ecstatic about getting him in the room. So again, I don't know if you want to consider him a diamond in the rough, Sean, but that's a guy that I, I was really, really impressed with when I was finally going back through uh, Iowa's 2023 class. Yeah, he had uh he wanted to go Wisconsin. He wanted to go to Wisconsin. I thought he had been that perfect fit. I mean, I know the staff's different now, but as a safety that can play in the box, you know, he can play in the box, he can play outside, he can play corner, he can defend, you know, he can really do it all. And I think he might make a role for himself on special teams next year. I'm not, you know, putting that out of the equation at all. He has a lot of traits that you want. And he's one of those no no nonsense kids. He's gonna come in and then compete and you know he's going to do what's ever asked he's going to be like that freshman that you know like Jamari Harris was to Matt Hankins where he's just going to be a little pest you know being like hey man can you help me with this can you help me with this can you show me this can you show me this can you get me in the film room like you know he's going to be like that so he's like I said he's kind of the the I guess mantra of this class when it comes to high floor kids that you know are going to compete and you know are going to be you know, just no-nonsense kids, kind of like Chase Brackney, too, the defensive lineman from Colorado, who I think is a perfect fit at Iowa on the interior as kind of just a run stuffer. So he he's one of those kids. And, yeah, I don't know if I consider him a diamond in the rough. Um, I think, you know, more of like Cannon Leonard or Kate Piper. Yeah, no, I, I get like it. TV. I get it. But, you know, I, I get where he, he should be talked about more. He was, he was one of those kids that wanted – I mean, I like I said, he – Grew up in Wisconsin for a couple years, um, but he obviously and then grew up in Illinois too. But he wanted that Wisconsin offer. But if there was any other offer that he wanted, it's it's uh, it was the Iowa one. Yeah, like I said, I, maybe it was kind of a cop out answer, but uh, you know, like I said, it's it's also one of those things where if you you're higher on a prospect than most of the recruiting sites or most everybody True. else, you you could almost consider it. But again, I I get the argument. So, Sean, this is maybe not a fair question, but I think it's a very interesting one as well. So when we look back at this class, who's going to be the, who's going to be the guy with the best career? The guy with the best career? I think not NFL I mean, upside. So best college career. Let me let me rephrase yeah. it. I mean, it's hard not to say Ben Keeter because football and wrestling, the guy is going to be. An NIL machine being in Iowa City too, so I'll, I'll take a. I'll, that's that's the easy answer. 
Um, man, that's tough. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it would it be easier? How about this? Would it be easier if we did one offense, one defense? Yeah, so I'll go. I'll go Keeter for off or defense, and then offense. I want to say Trevor Lauker, Leighton Jones. I just feel like those two guys are going to be studs on the offensive line. But also, you could go with Terrell Washington Jr. I think I, I think he's going to be a really valuable player in yeah. the run game too. With you know how he can be versatile and stuff. Interesting. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm going to go off the board on this one a little bit. It's a guy that we haven't talked about. I mentioned his name earlier, but I, I, if he hits, he's really going to hit. I think Khalil Tate can be a very, very good player for Iowa because it, it was interesting when Iowa first recruited him, Sean. I, I didn't see him as a corner. I kind of saw him at safety, but once he brought up the cash and, we started, and I started really looking into that, I really like the fit with him at the cash. I, I think he just brings a lot of different tools to the table. And he really didn't get the ball thrown his way a lot in, in high school. I mean, his stats don't jump off the page, but that at times can be a cornerback's best friend and a safety's best friend if the stats don't jump off the page because they're going out of their way to avoid you. But I think Khalil Tate can be a really, really good player for Iowa down the line. Again, Keeter. I'm not saying it can't be because it, he, I'm very high on him. I think Iowa, I don't want to say he got a steal, but there are a lot of programs that wanted him. For offense, again, I mentioned Jones because I think he could be really, really good. There's a lot of guys. The Terrell Washington, I can see that being too. I can see Dayton Howard. If he keeps up that level, that trajectory that he has, and if he pieces it together, I'm, I mean, I'm very high on on Dayton Howard. I, I'm going to take a cop out, Sean. I'm going to go Trevor Lauk. I know. Uh, but as we've talked about, I think he's a really, really good player. Another guy that I think could be really good as well. It's a stacked room right now, but but I know I think you're pretty high on him. What about uh, Zach Ortworth? We haven't really talked about him at all, but I mean, he's another guy about 6'4", 220 right now. I think can do some good things in the passing game. I think his blocking still leaves a little bit to be desired, but I think Abdul Hodge has more than proven his his worth as Iowa's tight end coach. I think you saw the strides that Luke Lachey made this season. I give a lot of credit to Sam Laporta for obviously helping him with that, but obviously Abdul Hodge as well. So, all right, this might be the, more of a diamond in the rough question, Sean, but I, I, have, I have two different answers for this one, so I was curious if you did as well. Who's the biggest steal that Iowa got in general? So not diamond in the rough, but who's the guy that – Maybe should have trended elsewhere. Maybe wouldn't have landed Iowa. But who who'd Iowa really get as a steal? I think I mean Dayton Howard should have probably ended up at Kansas or Kansas State as Barn as Tyler mentioned. I think he's probably the biggest one. Um, to me, from a pure like standpoint of why didn't any other schools offer this kid? I know he was a late bloomer. I know a lot of people had their class still set. But I think he's probably the guy that, you know, should have ended up at one of those schools, should have maybe had an offer from Iowa State, but, you know, just didn't work out that way and ended up going Iowa's direction. I mean, Khalil Tate, he embodies what Iowa wants in a defensive back and in that cash position. But he was so dang close to coming in Wisconsin following his official visit to Madison. We decided to held off and 
you know, go, go out, go to Iowa. So I think he was another guy that was a pretty, pretty big steal for the staff. But I think, I think Howard is probably, probably the biggest one because it's like, this kid looks exactly like a X receiver that could be a huge factor in the big 12, as we've seen over the past few years. And it's like, yeah, how, how did no one see this? So I'm going to go with Howard. Yeah, and for the for people who aren't aware, Howard transferred to a bigger school his senior year and had a really good year. I mean, he played at a small town school for his first three years. He was a baseball player, I believe, too. So that's a big reason why. Sean, I'm gonna go with two guys I don't think we've even mentioned yet. I know again to cop out too. I really like Kenneth Merriweather. I, I think he needs to continue to put on some weight, but I really see a high ceiling with him on the edge. I just there's a bit of explosiveness there. I really like that he's out of Michigan. I always had a great success with the guys out of Michigan. I think Phil Parker's done a tremendous job of building that pipeline in Michigan and getting some of those under-the-radar guys. And Merriweather had some good offers. By the way, no relation to Kayvon. I know people have asked about that, different spellings. But I really like Kenneth Merriweather. And a guy that has slowly but surely emerged as maybe my favorite prospect, Sean, Chase Brackney has the makings of being an absolute monster on Iowa's defensive line. I think he brings that versatility, that inside and out that, that Kelvin Bell and Jay Neiman like a lot. I think his technique's really good. I think he brings a lot of power. I think he puts on the weight and he holds the weight well. And you look at him and you say, you know, Sean, he, he might be, he might be 285 according to 24 seven sports, but you could still throw on another 10, 15 pounds on his frame. And you don't think he lose a step. So, again, I think the versatility is really good there. I know you put this on our board, but if he had made a visit to Colorado with his team, Deion Sanders probably would have ended up offering him and tried to get him to flip. But this is a guy that I think is, again, has emerged as one of my favorite prospects in Iowa's class. Brackney, I, I don't want to say he's an instant impact guy. I think Iowa's defensive line room is absolutely stacked. But this is a guy that if he pieces it together very quickly – it might be really, really hard to keep him off the field. Yeah, no, that was a that was a good one. I think Brackney. I mean, a lot of people don't talk about him either because, like I say, he's one of those low low key kind of kids, and he's a monster too. Like he looks six four. Like he looks bigger the way he's like shaped. He looks yeah. a lot taller than six four, and he's like looks like he's like three hundred pounds. He's going to be a beast up front. So I like that. Uh... Sean, I'm just trying to think about any guys that we might have missed. Uh, obviously, Iowa landed Maddox, Borshading Johnson, who confirmed it. Good wrestler, 6'3", 270 out in Norwalk. It was Iowa's first commit, I believe, in the 2023 mm-hmm. class. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. I, I, I think he's got some intangible tools that the staff likes. But, again, I think the defensive tackle room is going to be very, very hard to break because I just don't think he has that versatility to really throw him outside. But I'm interested to see – uh with him and another guy we haven't talked about sean that i want you to talk about because he's an in-state kid what about zach lutmer i mean this is a guy that the staff seems very very excited about i know you were i think raving about him after the state title game when you watched him in the state playoffs this is a guy that i believe they like him more at safety than anywhere else mm-hmm. i think that's what tyler barnes said yesterday but he he's another guy where those in-state kids just end up uh end up committing and you could see really being a good fit for iowa yeah, he he uh he's got one of those multi-sport backgrounds too, like the Cooper DeGene esque, really good basketball player. Um, ran eleven point two four in the hundred meter dash this past spring. 
really physical kid, played both ways for uh, Central Line, George Little Rock this year, too, in the past really three years. I think he was the part of the uh, state runner-up team in his sophomore year. I know he was part of it, played a big role there for CLGLR. So he's got he's a guy, too, that I think Iowa likes him and, you know, how he can play in the box, play out wide, play as kind of a pass coverage can maybe play at that cash spot, but I think he's more of a strong free safety type type of uh, type of defensive back and could make a role on special teams too. But like I said, I mean, just one of those guys that is one of those high floor type of kids that can come in and, you know, can defend the run, can, you know, shoot the gap. And like I said, play well in pass coverage too. I mean, he's just a high school quarterback. So I think high school quarterbacks, have a really good basis for what they, what, you know, how he can translate to the next level at the safety position because they can see the field from both ways and see, you know, coverages and see kind of think how a quarterback's thinking. I think those are, those are really valuable traits that Lutmer has that can really benefit him in the long term. And he was a really good get for the staff too. I know Minnesota really wanted to get him on campus, get him in camp and, potentially offer him but Iowa got got him on there first and you know we're able to get him in the class before Minnesota offered so yeah I mean like I said just a lot of uh, a lot of really good qualities that I think can can generate well in this offense and you know I really like this defensive back class like I said before I think these guys all really perfectly complement each other the right way I mean you have Tegan Davis who can play corner you have Zach Lutmer who play safety John Nestor is more of a safety right now but can play corner too Khalil Tate, you know, can play either spot, but I think he's Iowa's talked to him a lot about that hybrid uh, cash position. Yeah. So there are a lot of really good players. And one thing about them is like, they're all playmakers. They know their way around the football. You know, they have really good, you know, speed and, you know, really good, uh, just quick awareness and really good instincts on the football field that I think will really gen- translate well to Phil Parker's, you know, he doesn't have the really sexy class, like rankings wise, like he did last year was April Wampa. TJ Hall and Cone Andrew. I mean, I know Cone was a three-star, but had the offers from Notre Dame, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Ended up going to Iowa. But with this class, I think, like I said, just a lot of high-floor guys that I think will find their way onto the field in, in due time. And I think even, like, the walk-ons in this class at the safety positions are really intriguing with Watts McBride, who's from yeah. Cedar Rapids, Washington, and Aiden McDermott, who's from Cedar Rapids, Xavier. Those are two guys who I'm going to keep a good eye on as well. I mean, those were two guys that had FCS offers. I mean, McBride had a committable offer from the previous Nebraska staff that he never really took while McDermott was committed to South Dakota state for a while, who, you know, is playing in the FCS national championship game. So that's defensive back class. I mean, top to bottom, I think it's the strongest group in this class and, you know, has the most safe picks um, and can really, really contribute in due time. I mean, what do you think? What, what's your, what's your highlight of this class when it comes to, you know, just top to bottom best, you know, position unit? Sure. Yeah. That's a really good pick, Sean, that defensive back, you know, I, I think it's still, I'm trying to think, cause I, I have a, two answers in my head. Cause I'm not going to go defensive back. I do like the pick. I still think you could, make an argument for the offensive line because I, I really do like them, but I'm going to go Iowa's defensive line, Sean, in this group. I know people probably want to be a little bit more excited about the offense, 
But again, I'm huge on Chase Brackney. I think he is he could be an absolute monster. Ontario Thompson being a a JUCO guy who's been at least the college scene can be an instant impact guy. I really, really like his addition. I'm very high on Kenneth Merriweather. Obviously, Matt Maddox Borshing Johnson. I just really like the way that the defensive line is pieced together. I think easily people could buy stock in the defensive backfield, but the defensive line, I just think that Jay Neiman and Kelvin Bell have continued to knock it out of the park. I mean, from a depth perspective and potential perspective, Iowa's defensive line is not going to go anywhere. I'm I'm very, very high on the talent that they have in, in right now. Um, again, I think Kenneth Merriweather, once he puts on some weight, I think he could be a very explosive edge guy. I think he needs to learn how to – contain a little bit better but that's obviously he'll have to make that jump i think he'll be able to make that jump and chase brackney i just think has such a high floor i just i think you know what you're gonna get with him and his ceiling i think can fluctuate from anywhere but just having that high floor being a guy that you can put in the game and rely upon he just really really strikes me as that combined with a culture fit being a yes yes sir no sir kind of guy i mean it I, I think Iowa's defensive line is is done a is a very very good group for this class. Yeah, no, most definitely. Like I said, I mean, just across the board, it's tough to really, you know, pick out one spot where you're like, okay, that's an area of weakness. Obviously, you would have liked to have the Kyler Casper types at wide receiver, the Caden Proctor types on the offensive line, but. I think what Iowa got instead of those guys is still really encouraging. Now, I mean, Kyler's going to potentially play snaps at Oregon this year. So yeah, that that's kind of a unicorn type for what Iowa generally gets. But I think Dayton Howard can have a lot of success on the outside in due time. And the transfer portal too. I mean, I know we're focusing on the high school guys, but if the transfer portal is used the right way and used effectively, then – that kind of makes up for some of the holes that you may have in a high school recruiting class. I think there was a quote that I was listening to um, yesterday. I don't know if it was on the 24 seven sports signing day show or what it was on, but the high school class, the high school recruiting is for building while the transfer portal is for filling certain spots. Or at I think least that was what Tyler certain. Barnes said that their philosophy is around the, uh, around the program. It was something yeah. like that. I know maybe Tyler, I know I heard it in the morning too, but that's that's one of the really good, I think that's a really good point because I think what you're getting in this class is guys that will really complement with well with what they got in 2022, 2021, then what they're getting in 2024 and eventually going to get in 2024. So just building on those types of, like stacking these classes I think is really important. Like you saw with some of the other classes, maybe 2019, 2018, 2017, where there were weaknesses or there were guys who were like, why would this guy be a take at Iowa? But I don't think you really see that with any of the guys in this class. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point. I, I know I think the one thing that people will be nitpicky about, if I had to say anything, Sean, is they, they really wish they would have landed more high-caliber receivers or more well-known receivers. But – I think Iowa did a good job of identifying guys that can potentially help change the narrative. And the reality is for Iowa and the position they're in, Iowa's not going to be able to land those big name receivers until they change the narrative about Iowa's wide receiver. 
So you're going to have to make something with what you got in order to land those higher caliber receivers. I think obviously the Kyler Casper recruitment was one of the more ones where you kind of started to realize that obviously Iowa land Arlen Bruce, they landed Keegan Johnson who were two four-star receivers. But after Iowa's lack of passing game and lack of utilization of the wide receivers, they chose to explore the portal. And now obviously Keegan's going to K-State. Arlen, we'll see what happens with him. But obviously Iowa's looking at the transfer portal and going to try to get some guys. So again, I think they could have landed a home run in Dayton Howard. I think that if he can piece it together, if Jarrett Bowie, who's very, is an interesting prospect in him, in himself, but I don't know. I'm curious about your take, Sean. Again, I'm not saying they're a weak point, but I know from Iowa fans ringing our board, like they would like to land more well-known receivers, but you got to change the narrative if you want to land those caliber of guys right now. Right. And I think Iowa is running into that with the transfer portal too. Um, because, you know, you got to prove that you can throw it. And I think that was a big reason for getting Kate. Not only it's an instant impact, but he can ch- help change that narrative and help, you know, improve that. And there are receivers that still have to buy into the message. I mean, Seth Anderson and Isaac Teslaw, like those are the top guys on the receiver board for Iowa right now. Both came in for official visits. You know, you're battling a couple of schools there that, you know, wouldn't really, I mean, Iowa State, obviously with that X receiver spot, they've been really successful there with Hakeem Butler, Al Lazard and Xavier Hutchinson. Yep. That's certainly a sell, but their offense wasn't that great this past year either. Um, and then he has a couple other schools that he's looking at, but you know, you, you have to be able to close down on these guys and be able to, you know, convince these guys. I mean, like they did in the 2021 cycle with, you know, you need to get, show some sort of upside or some sort of potential like Iowa showed in the holiday bowl in 2019 Yeah, that you can do this and you can appeal to these types of recruits and you can use them properly. Like they did with Amir Smith, Marset and Brandon Smith throughout most of that era. So it just comes down to execution and, you know, showing you can do it. And Iowa has said and told Cade that they don't, they're not going to stick like this. Like they need to, they know they need to do things that are going to change them offensively. And obviously there are so many avenues that go into it and so many things that have to go right for an offense to work And Iowa is finding their way to accomplish that. But yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you got to put results on the field. And when you do that, then, then people will follow. People will come and, you know, you'll be able to get some of these guys if you can prove it on the field. Any final take, Sean, from this class? Again, I know we, we've spent, uh, I don't know how long, maybe at least 45, 50 minutes talking about this. But I think there's a lot to be excited about. Again, I think you summed it up well when you talked about Iowa having a lot of good high floor guys, but maybe not guys arguing immediate impacts. But again, you almost don't need that when you're going to return as much as as Iowa, I think will return and what they've already added me, obviously two immediate impact guys that you need to throw in this 2023 class. It's Kate and Eric all. I mean, those are guys that are part of the class and they're, you know, two big difference makers. Then you have all in Lachey and Caleb Johnson. Like there's three good, good focal points for this team next season, moving forward. And then I would even throw in, I think Deontay Vines, if he can stay healthy, I really think he could take a big, big jump next year. I know his stats aren't going to jump off the page with what he did this year. By I me mean, watching him play, he he's got he has something that I think could really really contribute to Iowa. But again, I I like this class. I think they've done a nice job. 
Obviously, you'd like to get a, a couple more, you know, four-star prospects, but there are plenty of guys in this class that I think you could make a case that they are actually four-star prospects. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, it's a good class. I I do I do think it's a really good class, and Iowa got what they wanted. I mean, getting a couple. I'm I'm interested to see the development of K. Piper and Cannon Leonard, two guys that. Yep. Iowa was the only power five offer for. I know a lot of schools reached out to Cannon to, you know, evaluate him after he committed to Iowa. But those are two guys I'm really fascinated to see. I mean, Kamari Moulton, the running back from Florida, you know, he's the guy that we didn't really bring up. I think him and Terrell yeah. Washington can be an interesting combo there in the backfield. Along with Iowa, you know, in heavily in the race for Titus Cram, the twenty twenty four running back from Bondaran, three in the uh twenty twenty four class. So there's uh yeah, there's uh so a couple finishing touches that the staff is trying to put on this class too. I mean, Tyler Barnes mentioned it. They kinda wanna see how the roster looks. I think they wanna add another corner. Um, Ismael Smith Flores, the uh son of former Iowa defensive lineman. Leroy Smith is a uh target that's taking his recruitment into February and the Hawkeyes are gonna continue to recruit him. Iowa's battling Rutgers and I think Texas Tech is close to offering right now, but I was the only official visit that he's taken. So he's got to keep an eye on in this period. And No, I think there's plenty to be excited about. We'll talk more about the transfer portal and stuff moving forward, but I think it was important for us to talk about the uh, just this class in general. I'm eager to see what Iowa continues to add. I'd still like for them to go after another linebacker. Uh, we'll see. I, I do think that Seth Benson is done at Iowa. I know that has been, you know, he hasn't like said anything and there's been no speculation. We'll see what happens with Nico Regani. I think that's sort of on the fence as well. And I asked Kirk Ferentz about that yesterday about Nico specifically. And he said, there's still conversations taking place. We've already had a few conversations and they basically just said they'll, they'll continue to evaluate. But if you can get Seth and or Nico back, that's a huge boost to next year's team. We'll, we'll see what happens. But again, we have signed a, profiles for each of Iowa's signees. Sean did a heck of a job on superlatives, his final thoughts about the class and a lot more at HawkeyeInsider.com. Be sure to check all that coverage out. I'll tweet out the link again later today that has links to all of our signing day coverage and to get 50% off an annual subscription to HawkeyeInsider.com. I'll be in Nashville for the Music City Bowl which sounds like it's going to be thunderstorms the entire time I'm there, Sean. So that'll be great. Uh, We'll see what happens, but uh, plenty more to come over the next few days. And uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll keep this thing rolling until next time. Talk to you soon. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.